search firm Chris Hunt presents our Moving Up podcast, a place where CEOs, recruiters, C-suites, and executives discuss their previous experience and provide tips to candidates and clients who are looking to excel. Victoria Djokovic, our podcast host, is the vice president of Chris Hunt and has over 20 years of experience in the staffing industry. She can't wait to share her secrets to success. So make sure to tune in. Good afternoon, Brenda. It's great to have you here on the Chris Hunt podcast, Moving Up. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about resumes and the job search process, maybe some tips about, you know, how you go about that and, you know, kind of the highs and lows that go with this. And uh, Brenda Lazarus is our guest today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, great. I, you know, I, I'm really excited to hear what you say, have to say about resumes and whatnot. So maybe we could start a little bit by talking about how you got involved with uh, resume writing, um, you know, what drove you there? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that has been kind of a theme, I guess you will, like through my life, my career has been about helping people get better, right? And helping people like put their best foot forward. So I, you know, throughout my career, um, when I, when I worked on college campuses all over the country and I worked in student affairs, you know, you have students that come to you all the time and they just want like, how do I apply for this job? How do I apply for this grad school? How, you know, what's a resume? How do I put it together? And so you on, you turn into like a career counselor and I didn't work in, you know, I worked in housing. And so the, the neat thing is, is that students lived with us. So I had just had a really great exposure, right, to them. And so I started just helping people formulate who they are, what they wanted to put forward. Um, and I did that in on college campuses. And then I, when I worked at Disney, you know, for 13 years, same thing. I was working with college age students and, you know, worked with the Disney college program and they, they flocked to like the same thing. How do I network? How do I meet someone who's doing the same job that I want to do? So I got into really this, this whole idea of personal branding and resume writing and networking and interview skills. Those are the four areas that I that I got into. And I just started doing some of my own research and um, really trying to put my finger on the pulse because, you know, when I started doing my resume, you know, a hundred years ago, it looked different, right? We all did it so much differently. Yeah. So I wanted to keep my finger on the pulse. Um, and then during, um, you know, during, during COVID, I kind of did, I started doing resumes as a side gig and really helping people to define their brand in lots of different careers. And really it was people who found me through LinkedIn. So I have really enjoyed helping people to put their best foot forward to really capture their skill set and where they want to go. Um, so that's kind of how I, how I got involved in, in resumes and honestly, you you know, you're gonna you're gonna ask me questions today, and your you know your listeners are out there listening, but they're gonna hear like my opinion. They're gonna hear one way of doing things. You ask 15 people, they're gonna give you 15 ways. So it really is about what clicks for you and what sticks for you, um, or for any of your viewers. Yeah, I mean, I think that's so true, right? There's so much different advice out there, and you know maybe one of the things that people can kind of consider as they're listening to this today is, you know, find one or two things that resonate with you. And then, you know, maybe you listen to it again and you find, you know, the next, but um, because there is a lot of information out of there and maybe some of what you say should be combined with something else that's out there or something that someone else has to say. So, um, well, one of the things you and I kind of hinted at or talked about when we were first talking about doing this podcast was the history of resumes. Like, where did that come from? Like, how did we even get started with that? And um, you said you might have gone off and did the research to figure it out for us. So what did you find? Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I have to tell you, I'm glad you had asked me the question because I had never researched this. And I thought, man, how come I didn't do this? Well, the first resume was written in 1482 by none other than Leonardo da Vinci. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and, you know, there's an entire, and I found it just, you know, I found an entire like infographic on the 500 year evolution of the resume. So like, you know, and it does say again, you know, 
Leonardo da Vinci wrote the first resume. And then honestly, they started writing resumes on things like paper napkins and handing, handing like, oh, here's what I can do. And would hand it on a paper napkin to somebody they might've been interested in working with or working for. And then resumes didn't really become kind of an institution that something that we do until about the 1960s, 50s and 60s. Um, and where people started really putting together what they were doing. And I wonder, this is just me wondering, I wonder if some of that was in alignment with, you know, people coming back from World War II and having to find uh, something to do and something to do differently. So maybe to capture their skill set. Um, I think that might have been, you know, that very well could have been. I know that's when some of our um, personality assessments kind of came about, which was right after World War II. But then we got into the digital age, you know, so 1970s and 80s and Microsoft Word came about. Um, and that's when some of the templates started occurring. And then it like blew up in the 90s. Everything was about putting it online or getting it online during the dot com in the 2000s. Um, we got to this web place and then um, uh, sorry, um, we got to this web place. And then, you know, now resumes are on YouTube. They're on LinkedIn. They're on, you know, video resumes. There's all kinds of ways that people are putting themselves out there. But first and foremost, I will tell you, it's about figuring out, you know, your personal brand and, and really looking at who you are and how you want to be out there. So it's, it's much more now than just like a sheet of paper that you put in an envelope and mail to somebody when you're applying. So it was fascinating research. So thanks for asking. Yeah, I, you know, that is so funny that you say that you put, it, you know, that you put it in the mail to someone, you know, back in the day, you know, at least in my day, you know, that's what we yeah. did, you write it, you type or you type it out and yep. you might mimeograph it off and, you know, you stick it in an envelope and off it goes and you hope somebody looks at it. And then totally. I do remember kind of during the dot-com how, you know, digitizing it, you know, kind of became the thing, which was really just scanning it into a big database so that now you have a database full of people. So, you know, kind of an interesting evolution. And particularly since um, I think I've read recently, there's a few guys who, you know, kind of are out there state saying, you know, they want to see the resume go away, go away altogether. So it's kind of interesting what you said about Leonardo da Vinci and how maybe they told you what they could do on a napkin, to all the way around to this sophisticated digitized video resume to now kind of back to, well, we don't need, I don't know if we even want them anymore. So, you know, yeah, very interesting evolution there. Um, so one of the it's things interesting, you, talk, it, it, interesting okay. you say that, by the way, because similar to you, I either read or listened to something lately that talked about resumes. And it's like, why do we go through this entire history of what we've done versus us putting it in the forefront of what can we do? What can I do for you? What, what do I want to bring to the table? And so you're right. It, I'll be interested to see in the next 10 years kind of where where resumes go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, hey, um, we started talking a little bit about, or when we were talking about some stuff, it was, you you mentioned uh, telling your story. And I find that a really interesting way to think about resumes or, you know, creating that branding that you're talking about, yeah. about yourself. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about that idea of telling your story? Sure. Yeah, I, you know, when, there's something that um, is really powerful about making people feel something, right? And finding connection. And I think when we tell our story, that's exactly when we find those connections. So I might even say to you, and I may not put it on my resume today, but I might say to you, you know, I... I got into the training field really in my first job when I worked at McDonald's and you may go, oh my gosh, my first job was McDonald's too. So it's that connection, right? And, and telling your story. The, the thing that I work with people on is really how does your defining your personal brand relate to your story? So I often ask people, write down four words to describe yourself. Okay, now, now look at those four words. Do you like them? Well, if you don't like them, change them. Right. Work really hard to figure out how can I make people interact with me the way that or have them perceive me the way that I want them to perceive me. Right. Right. You you know, I think you and I both know, like you drive down the street and you see like 25, 30, 3000 brands a day. And so. I want you to feel something and in interacting with me as my personal brand. 
And that's how I choose to tell my story to you and how I link my experiences together. And so I really encourage people to do that and think through that on paper, not to make it like, you know, once upon a time I was born in this place, but really to think about how did I build on my experience? Why did I maybe choose a career path that I chose well, I wanted to expand my knowledge. Well, that's all about telling my story and how I got here to this place today, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I think it's also really interesting to what some of the things that you're saying, like how you get there, because it's not easy, I think, for a lot of people to tell their story and do it meaningfully or in a way that they feel like it's going to resonate with somebody else. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I truly believe that first and foremost, we have to be the expert on ourselves and we have to kind of look deep, if you will. Um, if you, if you know, at the end of the day, I know for me at the end of the day, I, I love what learning and development is about. That's what I've been doing for 25 years. So I know that my own kind of mission and motto for me is I want to help you be the best you period. That's it. That's very simple. Well, with that, that's how I choose to tell my story, right? About either things that resonated with me over time or how I might've learned from a leader and all of those, all of those pieces, um, become what I, what I put out there into the world. Right. And, and I know that uh, it's difficult. It's difficult when someone says, even that simple question at the beginning of an interview, when someone says that, so, Victoria, tell me about yourself. What the <laughs> right. heck are they asking for? What, what do they want to know? Where I came from? Do I like to wear Converse tennis shoes? I mean, what what do they want to know? And I, it's unfortunately, in my opinion, a pretty loaded question. But that's where you have the opportunity to come up with something kind of like what's been called your elevator speech, right? Your 30-second commercial. If I was to meet you in an elevator and we were to ride up and I only had that much time to tell you about me, what would I tell you that you would remember? And so it's about making that that quick connection, right? Um, whether that be we came from that, you know, close to the same city, or maybe, you know, maybe, um, you know, my parents were divorced when I was five. Maybe your parents were like, right? So finding yeah. ways to make those connections. And I'm not sure that you share all those things as you're introducing yourself, like in an interview per se, but the more that people get used to, in, to to introducing themselves to one another and that whole idea of networking, it, it does kind of come to fruition, like what you say about yourself versus just my title. Like I'm the manager of learning and development at Daylight Transport. Well, what the heck does that mean to you? It may mean more to you that I that I'm a mom, that I'm a wife, that I'm a you know college graduate, that I've lived all over the country. That I mean. You know, so you think about how do we tell our story to make a connection, probably more than anything. Yeah, I, you know, we had um, a couple of folks from Canada on, maybe it was even our first podcast. And, you know, one of his things was, yeah, he just, he actually wanted to talk more about odd questions. Like, you know, if you were in outer space, what, you know, what would you, because he felt like, it was more conversational. It was more mm -hmm. engaging about who the person was yeah. um, versus, you know, cause he already has the written resume that tells you all the stuff. Sure. Right? And, yeah. you know, but it's more about, is this person going to fit into the team or be a yeah. good contributor to our organization right. in whatever capacity they're, they're capable of contributing. And so mm -hmm. it's really, you know, so I think, that, and maybe there's a little bit of that. There's two pieces to resumes, you know, there's this factual, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. And then there's the other piece that talks about, you know, what you were saying, what can I do for you? Or how would this be meaningful for me to work for you as an organization? Yeah. Because this is something that I feel is important in my life. Yeah. So I think so much now, you know, from, you know, I was a recruiter for a short time when I worked at Disney. I was also an executive recruiter for a short time outside of Disney. And, uh, you know, so much more is about making this this connection of cultural fit um, and organizational fit. And, you know, do your do your goals and your vision and your, um, you know, your philosophies to your core match with the person coming in the door. It's not that we agree because we don't have to agree, 
but can we travel and traverse down the same path with the same goals in mind, right? I have to tell you a quick story. So um, I have um, that totally, this is where it's funny. You go down the path of the questions that are like the, what I call like the corn dog questions, right? <laughs> so I have a girlfriend who was really struggling to find work and she's um, an executive admin and had been an executive admin for, I don't know, 15, 18 years. And her background actually was, you know, schooling was PR. And so she went to this interview for this company that she was a little like, wow, okay, I, I, they seem really cool, kind of chill. And she did two interviews and then was meeting with like one of the bigger executives. And um, they found this cool connection. It was great. And the way they found the connection is he literally said, you know, can you tell me like, What's the last book you read? And she's a major book person, so she could rattle off a list. And then he asked her, what's the last movie you saw? And then what's your favorite movie? Well, when she sat down and said, you know, well, my favorite movie, and, you know, I don't remember exactly what it was, quite honestly, but he connected and goes, oh my gosh, that's my favorite movie too. And even though they were about, I think they're like 10 to 15 years difference in age, the fact that they had this same movie connection allowed their conversation to go just a little bit deeper and then even a little bit more comfortable, right? So yeah. that she wasn't so like, oh, I'm in a, I'm in an interview. I need to like sit up straight and tell you the right answers. It just yeah. became more relaxed. And in turn, she got the job. Um, and so it's just interesting that, you know, you never know where you're going to kind of break through, right? If I were to say to you, you know, oh, are you more of a strawberry or a cantaloupe? Like, where the heck does that go? And why, why does it matter? But it, <laughs> for me, it's so much about making the connection with someone. I often, when I'm advising people about interviewing, you know, that first phone interview or that first Zoom interview, if you don't make a connection with that recruiter or screener or whomever it is, you're done you're done. Yeah. And so it's, it's really about not even trying too hard, but knowing yourself, knowing yourself well enough to really hear what the person's asking, doing your research to know about that company and their values right. to even see if yours fit with theirs. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of pressure with it, I think. And, um, you know, and, there is kind of this stress to not necessarily say the same, the wrong thing. And, sure. and, you know, and like you say, if you can't get that pressure release early where it's like, okay, now we're just, you know, we're kind of friends. Now we can just kind of talk, you know, right. um, that that's great. But, you know, some of the, of what we're talking about here, I think just really does come down to something else that you mentioned um, to me in our conversations, which is branding and how do you brand yourself? Um, yeah. Um, you know, how do you go about that? And why yeah. is it important today, I guess, is another part of that. Yeah, that, I think that's a great question because, you know, when you think about branding, right, you know, you think about the marketing side of the world, right? And clearly you, just like I do, we watch commercials, we watch ads online, we watch all kinds of things. And some of those things grab us and some don't. Some of them, I will tell you, I sit and I go, someone had to walk in and like propose this commercial and then somebody bought it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> wow. So I look at it from that perspective when I'm thinking also about personal branding. You know, it really is about the way people feel when they are interacting with us. That's really what, and the same thing with just outside branding, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you're driving down the street, um, and quite honestly, a, a small, small tip is a, a fact, if you will, a fun fact, is that we do see about 3,000 brands a day. That's just typical. And People are also willing to pay more, about 12% more, for a brand that they trust and that they know. So think about that in relation to us as people, right? Um, you know, there's components of a successful brand that I encourage people to look at and to really think about. And you have to kind of dig deep and really go to this place of depth and breadth of who you are, right? right. So just being distinctive is the first one. What sets you apart from others? You and I, Victoria, could have had the same jobs and the same, the same path in our career. And we both apply for the same next position. Well, what makes you different than me? That's the distinctive piece. And you have to be able to bring that out. Your experiences, 
skill set, whatever, what sets you apart. The second thing is being relevant. How am I, do my skills align with where the business is going, right? I have to know a little bit about the business. What do I bring to the table? Am I relevant, right? And then the third one is consistent, maintaining my perception over time. So I think I might've mentioned to you in a previous conversation that, you know, I worked for, you know, Disney for 13 years and I worked on college campuses for 18 years. And, and I will tell you, there are people that still will go back to things that you did like in your first job. And I'm like, really? I learned, I moved on, why aren't you? You know, and so that, that consistency over time is like the values that you have, the way you right. work, because we don't change a lot of those over time. We perfect, right? We certainly plus up and perfect our skill set, right. but we don't necessarily change our values. I've had the same values probably since I was a kid, right? Of certain things that are important to me. Yeah. So it's, it's, those, still it's those very three. early. Yeah. 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 Sorry, that are important to interrupt you. <laughs> That's okay. No, 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 that's okay. Those those three pieces being distinctive, relevant, and consistent, that's about, about personal branding. And then, you know, employers nowadays, and you probably know this, they're looking for people who are going to sell their skills, not oversell and not undersell. And that is the sweet yeah. spot that's really tough and very hard to get to, you know? Yeah. Well, and, um, you know, so many employers now too are looking for you to have and I think this is where branding can be very helpful is um, so many of them are looking for you to have the very specific skills of, of being in their industry, doing what they doing the job, the exact job that they want to put you in. Um, you know, I had, you know, my, my career, I, I probably mention this every time I do the podcast, but mine's been a very, you know, zigzaggy kind of thing where people have said, yeah. oh, you know, you could do this or you could do that. And, you know, I kind of, you know, moved around based on that. But, you know, nowadays, you know, the branding has to fit in with the fact that they have some very specific um, goals for you um, and very specific, you know, narrow um, job positions they want to put you in. So, um, maybe we could switch over now just and talk a little bit about, um, the challenge today of getting noticed online, you know, even if you get all your branding lined up, your resume all together, you know, you still have to deal with all this online stuff that, that, um, is required. Yeah. It, I will tell you it's tough. And, you know, I want, I want to go back to something you said just a second ago, and then I'll, I'll go with that. But the, you know, you talked about people, um, you know, hiring managers, whatever, wanting someone who's done this or whatever, there's a part of me that says that's horribly unfortunate, right? Because at the end of the day, why do, why am I going to put you in something you've already done before? One, are you going to be bored? Two, are you going to be challenged? And are you really going to add an open set of eyes to the table if all you've been doing is the same widget, right? So uh, to me, that's a little unfortunate, but I absolutely agree with you. It definitely is the way that, you know, that some folks are out there. And then you have, then you have, I think the other opposite end of the extreme where they're like, I don't care what you've done. If you're a good person, you can do our work, you know? Um, so I think it is this dichotomy of experience. Um, but it's, you know, when I look at it and you go back now and you say, okay, well, how do you get noticed online? Or it, I know that when I applied for my current job, uh, I've been at Daylight Transport for about a year and a half. You know, I, I've told many people this, if you would have offered me a million dollars a year ago, a year and a half ago and said, Brenda, you're going to work in logistics and transportation. I would have said, keep your money. There's no way on God's green earth I'm doing this. However, I love the company I work for. I, you know, I've never worked for a company that literally tells you at the end, like every day, just make us better. Keep doing what you do, make us better. And I'm like, wow, holy cow, that's cool. Especially in a pretty male dominant experience, right? I mean, you yeah. think of shipping and logistics and moving freight, it's a bunch of guys, right? Yeah. So when you, you know, when I was in doing this current job search that I did to find this job, um, and quite honestly, they found me, it was about learning how to, one, how to use the systems. So I was only on LinkedIn and only on Indeed. Those are the only two. And I really was on LinkedIn more than anything else. But what I started to do was to find people and I would sit and do searches and find people doing work that I thought I liked. 
you know, learning and development, education managers, you know, that kind of experience. And I started looking at people's history of their experience. So most of you can only get some of this knowledge when you pay for LinkedIn. So when I was looking, I paid for LinkedIn, no doubt about it. And then I would start having, you know, 20 minute meetings with people. I would ask people like, I really like your background or you're working in a company I really like, you know, can I have 20 minutes of your time? I didn't have anybody that said no. Um, and maybe I'm lucky, I, which I do think I'm lucky, but at the same time, I made really good use of those meetings. I wanted to understand how someone got where they are. I wanted to understand skill set. I often had people refer me to other people. Well, who should I talk to now? And they would give me somebody's name, right? Yeah. And so that just built, it built my comfort in talking about me. It didn't necessarily get me a job. Like, honestly, like my job now, um, the exec VP found me. He found me on LinkedIn. I have no idea how. In fact, I asked him, I said, you know, you, you sent me this note, you reached out to me. Why are you as the exec VP looking for this position? His quick answer was because I can and I have access. But the second place was he cared about the position and he literally brought, he he um, did some, you know, back end, you know, analytics, whatever. And he, he narrowed it down to like a thousand and then he narrowed it down to like 200. And then he narrowed it down to 12. He interviewed 12 of us. And then I got the job. I, I have no idea like how, how people get more noticed, except being active in, you know, in whatever platform that you're, that you're on. Yeah. You know, um, you know, there's only so much you can do with your resume and there, you know, there are groups of people out there that'll kind of help you figure out how to, to do that. And in mm -hmm. some ways, maybe even cheat, cheat the system, I guess. Um, but in doing that, you know, sometimes you end up in a situation where you might get that first interview, but you, right. you don't, there's just no way you're even remotely qualified for the position. So, you know, how's that helpful to you? I mean, other than you, you know, you do get in front of someone, maybe you can, um, uh, what do you want to say? Maybe you can impress them enough because of your branding and stuff like that's together that they, maybe they yeah. go, well, you don't fit this job, but maybe we have another job. Yeah. But, but I mean, how often does that happen? How often yeah, does that? I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't happen that much. Yeah. I don't think uh, it does either. You know, so I do think it's really, really, really important to uh, be active, ask for a few people's time, you know, try to, to improve yourself, try to get feedback that tells you the good and the bad, um, about, you know, who you are. Um, and it, you know, it's hard work I mean, to, Super hard. to do the things that we're talking about here, you know, tell your story, brand yourself, yeah. understand what's important to you, why you want a job, you know, yeah. that is some personal, hard growth and there's just yeah. no way around it as far as I can tell <laughs> there, I, I don't think there is either you know I I think I might have told you a story before where I had a leader who really cared about my success right and uh you know I had gotten I had actually had gotten to Disney and uh I never worked in a corporate environment I worked on college campuses for 18 years and you know I was unfortunately kind of like bull in a china shop with certain things and he's like look i care about your success so i'm going to go to a meeting with you and i think i might have told you this is my you know my turkey thermometer so he literally would like say i'm going to sit at this meeting and when you get really excited or when you get to the point where people are like whoa she's too much i'm just going to casually do like this you know i'm going to put this thing like i'm putting in the turkey thermometer and then it like pops out right and he did that once or twice and I caught myself and I was able to catch myself, but that time, energy, effort, and feedback and, and a leader who truly cared about my success, it, it was huge. And then quite honestly, after that, he said, okay, we've seen this works. Now I'm going to challenge you to go and ask for people for feedback. And I'm like, great oh okay so I'm just gonna like be like whipped around because feedback's tough and uh, and he said and, and I challenge you I don't want you to just ask people that like you and that love you and that are going to put you on some pedestal you need you need to challenge yourself and I'm like 
okay, tail between my legs, here I go, because I knew this person cared about me and I knew he cared about my success. It wasn't just like, go into the fire by yourself. So I asked these people for feedback and I got really good information for me to think about. But the key, honestly, that I share with people about feedback is one, you have to sit on your mouth, which I suck at. So you literally have to sit on your mouth and then you have to be extremely gracious. One, someone gave you their time. Two, they're actually caring about you enough to give you feedback. So you have to be gracious and say, thank you so much. I'll consider everything that you shared with me today. Now, you don't have to take every piece and do something with it, but I'm going to consider it. Just doing that changes somebody's perception of you to the fact that you're a little more open to receiving feedback. It's it's a tough, it's tough. Um, I'm sure in your career, you've probably asked someone for feedback or gotten feedback and, you know, it feels like, you know, a slap, but it's what we do with it. It's what we do internally and how we think about things that in the long run make us better and help us and help us grow. And, you know, the interview process, I think, and just resume writing in general, like, quite honestly, no one owes us anything. And I guess that's the humble side of me. No one, no one owes us a job. No one owes us a paycheck. No one, you know, no one owes us. And it's what we want to put back out into the world and what we want to contribute to society that at the end of the day, that that's what matters. What's the legacy that you want to leave on this earth in the time that you're here, right? And yeah. how do you want to work towards that? And at the end of the day, come on, we're not going to all like hop from cloud to cloud every single day and go, oh, I'm giving it my best. Not every day. Yeah. But if that's at the core of, of who you are is like, you know, really thinking about being honest with yourself. Some of it's about uh, that I've encouraged people to do is like take assessments, you know, and yeah. and find out what an assessment says to you. So, you know, I'm a I'm certified to deliver the Myers Briggs, and uh, you know, as a personality assessment, and uh, there's a free version online that's really good. You know, you can go to 16personalities.com. I was going to say, is it 16 personalities? And I think the other thing about that one free online like that is that they do an amazing job kind of putting it all together and and giving you some visuals that are kind of fun to see, you know, to help you understand, you know, what your, what your personality is and, and, you know, and they've given them, and I, I know they've given them titles now, you know, it used to just be the letters, but now they kind of give you the letters, but they put a little title on it of, you know, so yeah, yeah, I think it's a great place. If if, um, someone hasn't gone there, they should go. It's free. Um, It gives you a lot of really interesting information about yourself. So yeah, the, uh, the only, I would tell you that the other, besides, you know, Myers-Briggs or 16 personalities, I would refer people to the strengths finder, you know, at the end of the day, um, we all know that if if we love doing something, it doesn't feel like work, right? At the end of the day. So if you're using your strengths every day at work, it doesn't feel as much like work. We're not going to, no one's going to ever have this perfect job. Um, but I do think that, I mean, I've taken the strengths finder numerous times in the past 10 years, quite honestly, my top five, I've had the same top four out of five in different orders, but over a 10 year period, we don't really change in that way, but it does help to read about myself and understand, okay, these might be some of my downfalls. This might be a challenge for me. This might be a place I can excel in a great way. So that would be the, that would be the the book that I would tell people strengths 2.0 and, and read through it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a great, I haven't, it's funny. I haven't done that one in years and years and years. I might have to pull out my book and yeah. give it another go. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, you know, we've talked about a lot of stuff and, you know, we're kind of, you know, branding resumes, understanding yourself, you know, a lot of it's about the psychology. So how do we kind of bring that together? Like what are the key elements or maybe the step-by-step of some things that you could do. And, and, you know, we mentioned at the beginning that, you know, maybe you pick one or two, like what are, you know, some step-by-steps that you could do that, you know, maybe you could pick one or two of those to start really developing that 
confidence in who you are and how to start putting that out there and how to maybe even identify a career path for yourself? Yeah. You know, I think, I think that's a really good question. I don't, I will tell you, I don't think that there's like a, everybody can do a one, two, three. Right. But I do believe that, um, you know, I think you and I might've shared this briefly before is that having somebody who is a mentor or even a cheerleader for you, whether that be a, a, you know, a coach from a team that you worked with, or maybe it's a great teacher that you had, or maybe it's a religious leader um, or a youth group leader. It could be any, anything could be, honestly, could be your, your spouse or a best friend, but somebody who's going to give you really real perspective and, um, and, feedback about who you are and and about how you come across and then it's about you determining what do you like to do every day what's going to get you excited to get out of bed is it people is it paper is it projects do you know what i mean so often i had a, a previous leader that said to me you know do you like leading people or leading projects and i'm like well i like doing it both i'm like well if you had to pick one and different times in my career, I can tell you that I chose one over the other, you know, because <laughs> right. le leading people's hard, right? It's super hard and you have a huge responsibility. But the idea of finding a mentor, um, I think is really positive, be that a mentor or even going through some kind of coaching experience. I think there's a lot of, um, there's something positive about that. Some people I will tell you say, are saying, oh, you're telling me to go get counseling not telling you to go get counseling. Um, I think that somebody else's eyes to, to look at the perspective of what you're sharing and then also somebody else's ears to try and hear what you're saying and, and, and ask you good questions, I think is a good, is a good step at the same time. Not everyone has maybe the resources to do some of those things. Um, so at the end of the day, I mean, I think part of it is looking internally and, and reading articles online and, you know, figuring out what it is about you that, that at the end of the day makes you want to get out of bed. And if you can learn, if you can earn money doing it, why not? Why, why not? You know, if it's going to make you happy, you know, and, and I'm not saying you need to earn millions. I'm saying enough to like live and to have a great life and to, you know, get to do whatever it is you want to do. If that means you want to travel, then you might need to make some more money to put in, you know, put an account and save money. Um, but really it's about, I think, starting with self-assessment. And then it's also about looking very holistically about what you've done over time and how that matters. So oftentimes people will say, oh, those were just clubs and organizations I was involved in in high school, or, oh, I was a Girl Scout for 18 years. You were a Girl Scout for 18 years. That's like, that's a huge yeah. chunk of your career or your life, yeah. you know? And it says a lot about commitment and longevity and, you know, all, all of those things. So I think it is about working to look at the things you've experienced in your life that is either volunteer kind of experiences or even clubs and organizations and look at how those have shaped you and framed you. Um, there's people I will tell you that I've worked with that have never, <clears throat> ever had a job, right? I used to be a recruiter at Disneyland and people came to me. They had never had a job. They're 18 years old. They're like super excited. They're going to walk in the door, get a job at Disneyland and get it for free, right? That's just the whole like thing. And so I would, I would often say to someone because they didn't have work experience, I would ask them to think about, well, what would you do? You know, how, how would you deliver over the top service? How would you listen to your guests? You know, so it's kind of getting people to think about what they would do um, if they haven't necessarily had some of that experience. So it's not like a, like a one, two, three. Um, but I would say that more than anything, you, you got to know yourself and you got to know what makes you want to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. So maybe it's, you know, part of that is, you know, finding some exercises. I'm sure there's some online um, yeah. where you can, you know, you know, maybe there's a you know, a list. Um, there used to be a book. I'm sure they they constantly redo it called 
something about a parachute. I, I can't. What color is your parachute? Yes. That's the one. Thank you. Yes. But you yes. know, I think one of the exercises that's in that book is like, do you like to do this or do you not like to do this? And like, they just give you a laundry list of things and you, yes. you can basically cross off anything you don't want to look. So yep. that's just one exercise that can kind of bring you to a point where you're like, okay, well now I'm, I'm starting to yeah. understand what I like. Yep. And then and um, I think there's a component of Myers-Briggs or the 16 personalities in that book as well. And you can mm -hmm. start matching those kinds of things up. Right. So that kind of helps you from a career path statement standpoint, but then you now maybe can extrapolate that into some of the branding that we're talking about. And that may ultimately help you figure out how to create a resume around that. It could, it could absolutely. So, uh, so a couple of fun tips. So I will tell you when it comes to resumes, um, you can find like a sample of any resume online, right? You can find anything. There's online. a million. <laughs> There's a million. The place that I will tell you that I've encouraged people to start looking because they grab your eye differently is Pinterest. Pinterest. I mean, they're, I love Pinterest. I've never contributed to Pinterest, but I love Pinterest, right? Mm -hmm. And Pinterest has like samples. Now, mind you, some of them you, you got to buy for a dollar or whatever, but at least it gives you words. Some of it gives you layout. Some of it you look at and you go, oh my gosh, that's me. That's the color. That's the font. That's, you know, that's how something is worded. That's totally me. The other thing that I will tell you is that I really encourage people to do what's called a career summary, right? No more objective. Nobody uses objectives, but a career summary speaks to a couple of different things. Speak to what you're an expert in, how you do work, a couple of pieces about your personality, and, and even maybe, a, you know, a piece of your background that makes you relevant. So I've often told people, if you're bilingual, Put that in your career summary because not everybody is bilingual. If you've ever worked for a Fortune 100 company, put that in your in your career summary because those are the things that are distinctive that pull you out, right? But there's, you know, if you look online for how to write a career summary, it's out there. It's a, it's like a little formula. I certainly have samples and you know, happy to sharing any of that. But it's the hardest thing to write. But it is the the probably the one thing that really grounds you and centers you to be able to put everything else on your resume. You know, it is a hard thing to write, but maybe the first step in that is just sit down and just write that, just free flow, write everything that you yep. that's in your head, just dump it out. You know, then you can start to pick and choose what that summary might look like from there. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I will tell you when I wrote my career summary and I've written it a number of times, um, I, it was so, at one point it was so verbose. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, there's too many words. And then I was like, what am I really trying to say? What are the things that are really important? You know, I wanted to, I wanted to get across, you know, that I haven't, I have great experience, 25 years of experience in training, design, and development. I have led teams, right. Of people, I have, you know, strong communication skills and then I'm creative and innovative. Like that's, that's and collaborative. That's really it. And so I tried to work those things into my career summary. And I will tell you, I haven't touched my career summary in like two years, but I'm at a place now that I would go back and, and re rework it, you know? So that's the other thing is that a resume should be reworked about every three to four months. You should look at it every three to four months. And then the other piece of that is, you know, when you talked before about how sometimes employers want you to have all the expertise now, and they want you to say you've had the experience. I don't know about you and every, you know, recruiter will tell you something different, but what I have read out there and what I encourage people is that if a job description about a job posting that you, that you feel like you fit 60 to 70% of it, you should apply. You should apply because really how often is someone going to find a hundred percent? Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, yeah. I agree with that. I mean, you know, I might say it's more like 70%, but, you know, but I think, you know, if you're within 70, 75% of what's on there, yeah, you know, 
that's, you know, you have a shot at it, I think, unless, yeah. you know, they're, unless the purple unicorn coming out of the rainbow sky is the perfect person, right. you know, but, um, you know, you, you potentially could, you know, yeah, create that opportunity for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I wanted to also just maybe ask you about any other tips, like when you're actually in the process. So now you've got your brand, you've got your resume, You've psyched yeah. yourself up, you know yourself, you're comfortable. Mm -hmm. Now you got to go get out there and do it. Like, what are some of your tips for that? Oh, wow. For, for uh, let me, let me clarify tips for actually writing, like, or putting your resume together or your resume is done. And now you're like going I'm out saying your resume is done. Cause we're kind of talking okay. about resumes and the job search. So yes, done. Yes. Branding's done. Okay. You've psyched yourself up. You know who you are. You've gotten yeah. your feedback. Great. Now, now you yeah. got to actually, you know, make it happen. That stuff out there to somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will tell you that first and foremost, um, finding a, a finding a job is your job when you don't have a job. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> there's no doubt about it. And uh, and I've been at that place, unfortunately. You know, I mean, I've I've been laid off, or you know, it, it, things happen, right? Yeah. And so the thing though that I will tell you is. You cannot and should not sit in front of your computer for eight hours a day and apply for, like, you can't do that. Your brain will just be mush and your motivation will go down like incrementally, right? So the, the one thing I will tell you is that finding a way or figuring out a way first and foremost to track what you do is really important. That to me was super helpful and simple. I used an Excel spreadsheet. I put the date I applied for something, how I applied for it, through what, um, what the job was, you know, maybe the location. If I knew somebody there, I kind of had a column for that. Um, and that, that was it. I tracked every job I applied for. The other thing that I encourage people to do that does make you distinctive is for every single job is to have a cover letter. And what I encourage people to do my, this is my, I don't know, call it tip trick, whatever you want to call it. I tell people to do your cover letter, do your resume, save them together as one PDF. Cause we know there's a whole lot of application systems upload it only as resume. That's it. Because people will always look at the resume section of an applicant tracking system but they may not look at cover letter. They may not look at a portfolio. They may not look at those things, but you upload those together and you make one document and you upload a PDF as resume, it, it's going to get seen. Now, is someone going to always read the cover letter? No, right? I mean, you and yeah. I have talked about this before. You may not you may not read it. At the end of the day, when I, when I was a recruiter, I, I actually read them. Now, if it was like a two-page thing, I skimmed. The, the other thing that, that I will tell you is making those connections with either professional organizations, um, affiliations of areas that you would like to be a part of. If there's a local organization, um, sometimes there's, um, you know, it depends on the level you're at. Sometimes there's college level organizations of a professional organization yeah. or there's more senior right? There's more senior organizations. So for me, it's looking for those things on LinkedIn more than anything else um, and, and joining or getting in. Maybe it's even commenting on some articles or things that people have, have written about so that you can put your finger on the pulse of whatever's happening in the industry. Um, and then it's about honestly putting yourself into the world and talking to people you know hey i'm looking for a role this is what i'm looking for i'm looking for these characteristics i'm like maybe i'm looking for this location maybe i'm looking for this you know salary range which is super hard to gauge anyways and seeing who people know and asking very directly is there someone you think i should talk to who could give me some good thoughts good advice maybe not asking for a job per se but at least you have a foot in the door. And then it's about, again, asking them, who else should I talk to? You're going to build your network very, very quickly. Um, I mean, those are the quick things that I that I would honestly say. It's a process, though. And, yeah. you, you know, I mean, you probably would tell candidates the same thing. You have to have a sense of resilience. And it it stinks. I mean, Victoria, it stinks. I know that I applied for... 
I don't know, 125 jobs when I was looking for the job that I got now. And I would, some rejections you got in five minutes from a system that you knew no one ever looked at your stuff. And some you might've gotten a week later and some you never heard from anyone at all. Some you might've had a first interview or a screening interview and then they kind of ghosted you. And it's, it's a painful process, you know, and you have to be self-motivated. Yeah. I don't know that there's any other way to do it. Yeah. It, it, I think that's a really important point that you bring up and it is because it is, it stinks. It's, it's not fun. And, but it is something where, you know, the consistency is going to win out and sometimes it's more of a struggle than, than others. Yeah. But it's, uh, but you do have to, you know, kind of care for yourself at the same time. And, and totally. like you say, I, if you can't just sit at a computer eight, 10 hours a day, thinking that's going to change the situation. You're really better off to kind of schedule a time in the morning, do certain things, get a certain number out, and then just go do something else for a little while. And I know that it can be difficult because there's, you know, sometimes there's a lot of stress that you really need to get this handled and done, but doing, it's one of those things where doing more and more and more under that duress isn't necessarily going to achieve you any better outcome. Right. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. You know, I will tell you that that is how I kind of started my, you know, side gig. So the other thing that I would encourage people to do is figure out if you have a side gig, right? Figure out if there's something that you can do um, in a temporary basis that could be forever, but, a, you know, a side gig that will supplement your income. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't care if that's selling a collection on eBay. It, it doesn't matter. It could be anything. Um, I will tell you recently, it's very funny. You know, my husband and I, you know, we clean through our closet, right, of stuff. And my husband used to love watches. Well, he's gotten to the point where he uses one watch. It's connected to his phone, right? One, one thing. So he's got these really expensive watches in our closet. And I'm like, can't you just sell some of those? Like, you know, <laughs> it'll give you, you some extra income. Not me. I don't want the income. You bought it. Sure enough, he went out on offer up. And he even in, in a week, he sold one of his watches that he bought, you know, you buy stuff on cruises, right? For like 700 and something dollars, just because he put it out there. Mind you, it was worth something in a pretty case, whatever. He is getting back more than half of what he spent for it. Yeah. A number of years later. So, you know, finding a side gig, I think is, and it also helps your brain to do something different. So the the other thing that I would tell you that I started to do that I think keeps you a little bit more motivated um, is to start reading stuff, read, whether that be articles, I'm not like a big, huge reader, but read articles, read things that are related to staying positive during a job search. I mean, yeah. just read things, um, you know, like anything that will motivate you. Maybe it's journaling, right? Maybe it's a book that asks you to do, like I have a book and it was, it literally was sitting right by here on my desk and it would, it would be like a question of the day and you would just answer it, you know, and it's introspective. It's only for you, but it helps your brain go somewhere different than, um, then to the place where you could downward spiral very quickly of I've applied for 75 jobs. I've gotten a whole bunch of rejections. I really liked that job. Um, no one ever called me. And it's, it's like beating your head against a wall in a really small box. Right. There's really no other way to describe it. And, you know, I do think that you're right that, you know, that, time withstanding time and being consistent over time it, it things do happen at a, at a time and in a time and I do think it is about what you put out there into the world and I know that sounds very lofty and fluffy and all of that but there's something about that that is extremely powerful um and being able to say I really want to do this and I'm going to do everything in my power to show people that I'm ready to do it. I have the skill set to do it. Um, and that I'm a good member of a team. I think that's really good to put out there. And you may not, 
you know, there were jobs I definitely wanted. And I interviewed, I got to the final, I was number two. And I'm like, God, dear. I mean, how many times were you number two in something? Um, it's super, super hard. Um, but you, you have to rely on you. That's the hardest part. Yeah. And, you know, and I think just kind of circling back to the one thing that you said about knowing yourself too, is, you know, I knew, um, someone who had interviewed for a position at a company in San Diego, but yeah. she went through like 14 interviews to be number two. Right. And I, totally. You know, I'm not sure personally that I would have withstood 14 interviews, but mostly right. because for me, I could, that the handwriting on the wall would start to show that that's not going to be a good fit for me as a company that says to me, they have too many people make, has to have to be involved in the decision-making. And right. for me, a good job for me is I have to be able to make the decisions. I need to be working with somebody who trusts me enough to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that means they're not going to be good decisions, but, right. you know, but, you know, I think more, more are good than are bad. And, um, of course. you know, I want to be with somebody who can trust me that situation. I would have been out probably by about interview four, four, I was going <laughs> to say four. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is really hard. And, you know, you know, I've, re- I've read some things online. There are some people on, on LinkedIn that, that absolutely will post about like, okay, all you, all you people who are hiring, like, give people an interview, a second interview and like figure it out and just hire who you need and move the heck on. Don't just wait and, and continue to like bait somebody along and hold them like a carrot, you know, because one, you're going to lose your best candidates. You just are. And two, you're doing exactly what you mentioned. You're not showing that you can make a decision, you know, and take a risk, use your gut and take a risk. Otherwise you're not the right person to be hiring or recruiting or interviewing, right? <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah. It's, and it, and I will tell you, it is, um, it's a process, right? And it's, it's a tough process, but I, I do believe also that once you get yourself out there, you've got this great resume that speaks to who you are. And when you present your resume, you're showing up to be the same as what you've written on paper. You know yourself and you know the stories to go along, right? But to go along with this resume, when somebody asks you questions, you get to talk a little bit about yourself and meet some other people along the way. And at some point, you're going to get an offer that feels really good at a company you really like, that you feel like the values are great. And yes, you will have gone through this really icky, yucky process, perhaps, but in the long run, hopefully you've landed where you're supposed to land and where where it's going to be a good experience. And I mean, maybe it will be. And there's times that it won't be. But look at all this experience that you've gotten, learning more about you and, and how to tell your story. So you have to kind of look at that light at the end of the tunnel, um, even though it feels very dark and that you're on a really fast moving train to nowhere. I, I get it. I understand it. Um, which is why you also have to surround yourself with people who support you. Um, you you can't can't go through this world on your own, you know. No, no, you can't. I usually like to try and wrap up a little bit with you know kind of your last words of wisdom of the things we've talked about to, that maybe are a little bit actionable that people can do. And then if you you know will also if you have anything that might be helpful to people. Um, we'll kind of put them in the, the, uh, we'll make it available to them on our website or, you know, um, in the, the comment section below. And so, yeah, what are, what are your kind of final thoughts? Um, okay. So here are a couple of my, like, I don't know, we'll call them parting thoughts, if you will. One is know your passion. What is important for you to get up out of bed every day? you have to know what you like to do and figure out what that is. So that would be, you know, what makes you, what makes you smile? What makes you excited? Um, So figure out your passion. The other thing is about being really honest and humble with yourself and really kind of getting to the core of maybe feedback you've gotten in the past, feedback you've gotten now, figuring out how you either want to learn and grow and move forward 
Or maybe you're just like, that's who I am and people are going to take me or leave me, right? But really be honest and humble with yourself. Um, I think that's super important. And then the the other piece that, that I would say is determine what is unique about you. Everyone offers something special. We all come to the table with something unique or we can add value if it's the right experience. So discover what's unique and be proud of that so you got to toot your own horn and that is not comfortable for everyone (laughs) um it really it really isn't I know that you know Victoria I've shared with you in the past I love being interviewed people hate it it's like giving a speech you know naked and and honestly I love it because I get to tell you about me in relation to whatever you're asking me so know your passion Figure out what you, you know, what gets you out of bed in the morning. Be honest and humble with who you are and um, discover what's unique about yourself. Those are the three things that I would, that I would leave you with. I think those are very sage advice and I'm sure our, our listening group will um, enjoy them a great deal. So thank you for your time and your insight. It's been really a great conversation. Thanks so much, Brenda. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime. I really appreciate being asked. So thank you so much.